If Reality Check Radio enriches your day and life, support us to keep bringing you the content, voices, perspectives, and dose of reality you won't get anywhere else. Visit www.realitycheck.radio forward slash donate. You're on Rally Check Radio. It's Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Oh, my goodness. I remember going to the parliamentary protest and seeing these wonderful T-shirts. Control group. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought that was so funny. And they had the passes. I'm part of the control group. And it worked. We're speaking to the control group. I'm going to struggle. Denny Van Cleef. Did I get it right? Close Denny? enough. Denny. Denny. Denny Van Cleef. Denny Van Cleef. Where does that name come from? It's Dutch. Are you Dutch yourself? Not really, no. <laughs> it's just a family name. Yeah, I'm ah, very... how wonderful. Now, tell me about the control group. Okay, so um, the control group was born out of a group of us at the very beginning of the pandemic. Um, we were in a freedom cooperative. We were trying to sort of work a way to navigate life uh, within lockdown. And we'd seen... Oh, just going... back up the truck a little bit. Yeah. You were in a freedom collective. Was this before the pandemic or? No. Okay. So this you were crazy. just you were just living your life. Yeah. And the pandemic came along and you started this group. And how yes. did this group first, was it start off with friends or a group? How did it start? It, I think it was mostly people who, who I mean, for myself, I, I just looked on the internet locally to see if anyone else had similar thoughts about what was going on to me and I reached out to them and it seems that lots of different people did that we all ended up connecting um this this happened a lot it, 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 I don't know if it happened all over the world but it definitely happened in the UK an awful lot mm. okay and you formed this group and tell me how that went um that was absolutely fantastic we went through lockdown as as a group of of people who were connected by wondering what the heck was going on and and um lots of different people within the group were fighting different aspects of it going on marches etc um and one of the things that that cropped up was the fact that obviously the vaccine was coming out and we all knew that there was no control group for it well, there was a control group initially but they'd all been vaccinated um and there was a meme going around um that people were using saying um to, to say that they hadn't been vaccinated for covid i'm in the control group so we said, let's actually make a control group. Um, and fortunately, my, my husband is um, an expert in data um, and writing data systems. And so we said, well, let's just do it for the whole world, because the only way what, what we wanted to do with this was to show what was happening to the health of those people who hadn't taken the COVID vaccine, because obviously there's lots of stuff said about the vaccine and what it's going to do people do to people. But the only way to really show if it is the vaccine doing these things to people, say, for example, the, the myocarditis, uh, the pericarditis, the eye problems, et cetera. The only way to show that it's that and not COVID, for example, or environmental factors is if those people who haven't taken the COVID vaccine are are or are not showing those same things at the same rate. Mm. So we had this idea. We um So it wasn't it wasn't yeah. it wasn't a joke. It was actually serious. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Hundred mm. percent. We basically we're all of us who started this um we're all parents and we could see that in the future medical interventions of all sorts were going to be mandatory. 
unless we did something to say, look, this isn't correct. And the information that comes out about all these medications is always, it's great, it's safe, it's effective, with no one able to say, actually, maybe it's not. And even those who do, they're, they're shut down. So by having a group of people who were who hadn't taken it, this is the strongest way that we can say, look, there is an issue, if, if indeed there is. Um, we're the proof, we're the living proof of that. We're, you know, if this is the case, we're living longer, we're not getting all these issues. Therefore, you know, you you can't push ahead with these mandates. And our idea was that you have to get enough people all over the world in this control group for it to be a large enough body of evidence that they cannot ignore it. So a small group of people isn't going to do it. And we're still trying to build to, we need over a million people to prove this in every wow. country in the world. <laughs> and we're deadly serious. A million people in total. Well, we'd like more, but yeah, that that will do start. Wow! And did it take off, or was yeah. it like disappointing? Uh, well, so initially, it was it was a, you know an idea we had. We built a, a little website, we built a database, and we just started to tell people about it. Um, and we created a card, which we because we we were very much aware that children are coerced into vaccines in schools. And we we really wanted to help people not be coerced into things. And so we created this little card that said must not be vaccinated. It's It was primarily said that for children, but also for any adult to say, you know, I don't want the vaccine. But it was the idea is it's a it's a membership card. But it was it was a way of everyone, everybody standing up and being visible together, saying, I don't want this particular thing. I'm part of this big group. You know, I'm not on my own. This is it. This is a valid choice. And so we created this this card and it somehow people heard about us. I mean, I spent a lot of time just talking to people over the telephone. Initially, people just phone me up and say, what are you doing? What is this? Um, and then eventually over Zoom and I had to learn how to use Zoom, which I hate and I'm still getting used to it. Um, but it, it spread like wildfire. And the card, which we'd always said was, it's a visibility thing. It's to stand up. You know, if someone says you, you need to have your vaccine to get into this place, say no. I've got this card. I'm not having a vaccine. They may let you in. Well, oddly enough, it worked. And people in everywhere in the world were able to get into places. I mean, not absolutely. Isn't that, isn't that a funny thing about human psychology? Mm. It's like if you put a uniform on, right, yeah, and you show a card. And oh, oh, okay, you got a card. Oh, it must be real. You must yeah. be important. And then we yeah. go like sheep. Yeah, absolutely. And it, the idea was it was never a fake pass of any sort. It mm. is what it is. And it was a, a membership card of the control group and it was an item of visibility. But I mean, it, 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 that wasn't the main part of what we we're doing. The study was the important part. Mm. But the card became the be all and end all. And it went utterly crazy because people were using it to get into hospitals, to save their jobs. People were using it to travel when they weren't supposed to. And I mean, it, it's it's crazy, but I'm incredibly glad um, mm. and incredibly proud of it because it's it's helped so many be. people. You should be. Now, you're based in England. Yeah. Which part are you in? In Eastbourne, which is on the Sussex coast. So next to Brighton. Most people have heard of Brighton. Yeah, lovely. Um, have you got many Kiwis in the control group? We've got quite a few. Um, I'm just trying to remember the numbers. It's on the front of our website. Now, it's either 34,000 or 64. I think it's 34,000 or thereabouts. Wow. There's wow. a lot. Um, 
I hope you haven't said the wrong number. It's on, it's no, on no, the front. We'll have a look. So tell me, if I I never had the COVID jab, could I now join the control group? Would that be useful to you? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, we still want people to join. So we've got listeners who are somewhat sceptical of these things. <laughs> and um, would it be helpful to you if they signed up to your control group? Yes, absolutely. We and how do they do that? Right. Um, the website is www.controlgroup.coop. That's C-O-O-P or COOP. Okay, COOP. <laughs> and what would we need to do to be signed up? What do you need for about our health? Because we're a bit anxious about handing our health across. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I don't blame you. And we do ask quite a lot of questions. So the idea is that when you join the control group, you enter in your baseline health. So we just need to know your height, your weight, uh, your body size, um, roughly. You you get a choice of, you know, slender, athletic, larger, etc. We need a rough geographic location. um, And Oh, what else? And we ask your blood group. You don't have to answer any of these questions, by the way. Everything okay. is voluntary. Um, and then what we ask is every single month, we want you to pop in there and we want to know what health conditions you're suffering from every month. So and we've got a list of about 1500 different health conditions, because what we're trying to do is compare the health of those people who haven't taken the vaccine with the health of those who have ongoing uh we ask about the vaccinations you've taken any surgeries procedures covid tests um we ask you a few other bits and pieces as well but there is we ask quite a lot but the thing is we're only going to find out the information that we need the comparative information if we ask this information it's really vital um Mm. but it's it sounds cumbersome but it really isn't you only need to fill in information when it when it happens and then so each month if nothing if nothing's happened it's just a click yeah absolutely so that first time is a bit of an investment in time Um, but after that and do you remind people each month that it's time to fill out their health data we do we send out a monthly newsletter which is also the reminder oh great and tell me are you picking up any preliminary results um, yeah, so we had a paper published um, back in in um, uh, get the dates wrong now uh, April of twenty two. Um, I hope I got that right. Which is our first winter report, um, and that was showing things such as um, those people who haven't taken the vaccine are actually pretty healthy. I mean, that's that's a big thing. Um, that we are generally taking lots of supplements. Um, newer information is showing that so so some of the insights that we're getting out at the moment are showing that most of us have had COVID only the once the vast mm. majority um, there are a few people who've had it a couple of times but the vast majority just the once which is interesting because just anecdotally from friends and family we're seeing people who've, who've had the vaccine um, getting it multiple times but that's just anecdotal that's not from our database Um what we're starting to look at as well, because one of the things that we can do in our database is that when you log a health condition, say, for example, you've had a case of, of um, myocarditis or you've had um, a sore leg or anything, if you believe that is caused by something, so, for example, you believe it was caused by a vaccine, you believe it was caused by a medication, etc., you can choose to link the medication, supplement, vaccine to that health condition. Got it. 
So we're inviting the vaccinated on board as well with us. So this is going to be really important for them. But actually for everybody, um, just looking at, we, we've actually updated our database. So in September, we re rewrote the whole thing. And this ability to link um, treatments to health conditions is brand new. So it's only been in there since September. But even from there, we're starting to see that people have been putting in older vaccines that they've had and previous health conditions and linking the two. Um, which is quite interesting for myself. I mean, in, in my particular one, I've got fibromyalgia and I do believe from research that it's it's due to the hepatitis B vaccine I had when I was 19. So, and I've seen several other people have marked that as, as well. So we're starting to build up a picture of what people believe is causing their problems. Now, obviously not everything is caused by, you know, a, a, a treatment, but where it is, this could have massive implications in the future because I know personally that if you say you think something is caused by, say, for example, a vaccine, the doctors will usually say, oh, no, it's not. Mm. But we're listening to the people. So we are independent and we want to know what people believe is behind what they're suffering from. Now, obviously, COVID vaccines is the big thing that we're looking at. But going forward, what our database can show is correlations between any sort of treatment and mm. any sort of health condition, which could be really important. I'm sorry to do this as my ignorance, but I hear about fibro. Fibro. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> what is that? Oh, um, God, I don't really know how to explain it. I've had it for 20 odd years, 30 odd years even. Um, it's it's an, an autoimmune disease. So they say, but then there are things that say it isn't. But basically it's widespread pain and oh uh, insomnia and things but it's fine i eat very healthy and and you know it's not a major problem for me but for a lot of people it is a major problem and did you get that shortly after the um hepatitis vaccine or sometime later yeah. yes shortly about after. Six later. yeah oh my goodness isn't it mm. terrible isn't it terrible yeah yeah absolutely and and what you were homeschooling your children you've homeschooled your children yes, i have yes wonderful so you were a bit sitting outside the system to begin with yes you could say that <laughs> because i'm very interested i can't detect um a common a common thing about people like us who totally skeptical of the covid scare totally appalled by the lockdowns and shocked and distressed by the vaccine rollout, the mandates, and then family and neighbours attacking you because you haven't taken this medication. Mm. And then being a second-class citizen who's attacked nightly on the news for causing Nana to die. Yeah, And the people that stood outside that, I don't detect here in New Zealand a common element. Do you know what I mean? I, I have do. You, have, have you figured that out? Um, I mean, it's, it's the question, actually, we, I think we all ask ourselves all the time, why, why didn't I go along with it? I wonder if a lot of us are quite inquisitive people mm. and we, we look deeper into things than maybe we're supposed to. Yeah, because it's across the political spectrum. It really it, is. 
it, it's religious groups, it's vegetarians, it's um, crazy communists. Mm-hmm. And um, because, likewise, I struggled to understand those that went along with it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I can't understand. I We've all had the experience of having very close friends who were philosophically in agreement on everything and got along with well, and they just fell into the stuff like it was having breakfast. And I'm looking at them and thinking, do you begin to understand what's going on around you? It was, and, and again, I can't explain it. Yeah, I, I know an awful lot of people had no choice and I have great empathy for those people mm. it just I mean you know I was in a lucky position I'm I was home educating my kids um I worked for myself you know I didn't have a lot of the challenges and I'm in the UK in other countries there are so many other challenges and you know just to be able to live a normal life people had to submit to it and I've heard some awful stories of people who who really didn't want to but they had no other way of putting food on the table so I think a very large proportion of people really felt that they had no choice. Um, there are obviously other people who were, you know, very keen to take this. Um, and that's, you know, a, a totally different mentality. Um, you know, it's, I, I think it's so different for each and every person with this. And, and it's, it's, it's an incredibly hard thing. Um, and it's, it's hard. It is hard when you are incredibly stubborn and incre- incredibly staunchly against this. And you stood the line and, and you know, you've, you've whatever it takes, I'm not doing this, to then talk to other people who've, who've just gone along with it. But you, unless you stand in someone else's shoes, I think we can't, we can't really understand what it's like for them. Well, you're very magnanimous because um, the people that foisted this on us and even friends and family who we have a phrase dish dissed you. I don't know if you have that phrase, but you know, who were nasty. Yeah. I, I there were a lot of people who had to take the vaccine and mm. I feel for them. But there were a lot of people who were finger wagging and yeah. rude and truly disgusting towards yeah. us. And I'm struggling in my heart to forgive them. Yeah, I, I, I get where you're coming from. And I mean, I'm lucky I, I wasn't, well, I, I did have some actually, I did have a couple of instances. I've got friends who lost all their friends and, and mm. yeah, it, it's been it's been horrific, but it was born out of deep fear, like a, an incredible terror that that people, I think people genuinely believed that we were going to kill them. And when you're in that place, I guess you do everything you can to protect yourself, you know, even if it's it's keeping those people at distance. I, I struggle to understand it, but I really, I really make myself try and understand their perspective because the governments did an amazing job on all of us. Well, not they all did, of us. They did an know. amazing job. It yeah, was incredible. astonishing. Yeah. And we were it, the lucky ones to not fall for it, I think I feel. The rollout, if you planned a psychological operation of what occurred and Mm. you had, when you look back on it, it was extraordinary. And I guess 
what made me lucky was I don't um, watch TV or listen to the radio. And so I find if you're reading, so I'd always read the headlines and scan yeah. stuff. It's not as, you're not as manipulated. Obviously you're manipulated because you're getting the headlines, yeah. but I think it was those images, those images that put the fear into people. And I remember one night watching TV and being shocked and thinking, now I get it because these TV images, this several minutes of fear that was pumped into it, it was it was extraordinary to me. And does it not explain history now? Like you look back in history and you couldn't understand why the German people could become nutty, or we could be all putting out and there's a witch, let's you know, let's burn her at the stake. And suddenly you see this happening in your own society. And it's that extraordinary thing is where people are doing the despicable behaviors, thinking it's a good thing for the good of society or, you know, or to protect someone. You can get them, to, if you scare them, you can get them to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's terrifying. It really is. We followed the UK. <laughs> we follow the UK and all things in the United States. Um, we look at what's happening there, but the UK and Professor Ferguson had a huge impact in the UK and the US and then down here in New Zealand, which is extraordinary that one person in a stupid model could have this effect. And you had all these sober people saying, no, hang on, hang on, hang on. No, no, it didn't matter. Um, where do you think, and we read, Often the British newspapers, yeah, our own our own papers are particularly bad. We can sort of read about the UK and not get so upset. So we keep familiar here in New Zealand with what's happening in the UK. What do you think the thinking is among the general population now, looking back? Um, I I see. Well, it depends which camp you're looking at. I mean, the the everyday people. They, I think they're not looking backwards. I think they're just looking forwards. Well, actually, I don't think they're even looking forwards. I think they're just looking down at their feet, getting on with life. Um, there's not a lot of looking forwards with people and not a lot of looking backwards. For people like us, I think I think we're tearing our hair out trying to, to work out exactly where exactly this came from because we're inquisitive people and we want to know who started it, why was it started, what was the aim, and we're forever trying to... to unravel what you know this whole covid puzzle mm. um, so i think it probably drives an awful lot of us mad trying to work out exactly who who did this and why because um, if you have vaccinated say your children mm. you actually have to have a cognitive dissonance just to get through the day you can't 100%, yeah you can't stand the thought that you might have hurt them but i think most people who have don't know that there's any problem. I mean, talking to to you know people outside of of this you know my 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 new sphere, they don't know that there's an issue. They it's haven't amazing. heard. Yeah, just I mean, we think it's obvious. We hear that all the stuff coming out of New Zealand, you know, the mm. leaked data. We assume everybody's hearing it. They're not. We're hearing it. People outside are just getting on with their everyday lives. COVID was a thing. It was necessary. They're moving on with whatever. It, it's people like us who are going mad, trying to understand it, trying to save everybody else from from suffering. 
it's it's a very difficult position to be in, I think. Yes. The COVID inquiry that you have over there has been a flop. Yeah. Well, I don't know. They might think it's been great because basically I think the main thing that's come out of it is we should have locked down sooner and harder. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And anyone that tries to discuss um, some cost um, or the cost versus the benefits, shut down. Even the prime minister gets shut down. Yeah. And the inquiry. I mean, that in itself is extraordinary. We're interested in that because we've just had a general election. And there's been a, a change of government, and we have a, a thing called MMP, which, by the way, never, never, never support in the UK. First past the post, I think, is a more accountable system. But it's worked to our advantage, the control group here, um, because we have our major conservative party, which mm-hmm. is uh, like your, uh, is called the National Party. It's to the well left of your conservative party. And then we have two smaller parties, one called ACT and one called uh, New Zealand First. And New Zealand First has re-entered Parliament and they have pushed to extend and expand the inquiry that was destined to be the equivalent of your British one, that is to say a total whitewash. Uh, They're promising to extend it. Now, the nature of that we don't know. For example, they should actually sack uh, the Royal Commission that's been set up and start again because the Royal Commission was stacked with stooges for the government, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so where New Zealand could be very interesting. Plus, we have, as you say, the whistleblower, the Barry Young data, yeah. which is um, shot around the world. And here in New Zealand, um, doesn't exist as a story in the legacy media. Right. Other than, oh, some conspiracy theorist working in the health department stole some data and is being charged and will probably go to jail. That's the story that runs in New Zealand. And he's done misinformation and the vaccine is safe and effective and quickly have your booster. Yeah. It's not in our legacy media either. It's, a, it's only in the alternative media. And so we're watching two movies play, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Where we in the control group, I like that phrase, I'm going to be in the control group now. I'm going to have to sign up. We mm-hmm. in the control, control group see one movie, follow our media, listen to our friends and associates, mm-hmm. communicate online, read um, all the same experts, read all the same analysis, The non-control group are in a different movie where they're reading the legacy media, not too bothered by this. It was a thing that's been done and dusted. And we have become two divided tribes. Yeah. It's almost like we live in a parallel universe. Just just walking about in town, you you often feel that you are you're there, but not part of it. It's it's and I've talked to other people who've, who've got the exact same feeling that they're kind of in a different reality to, to a lot of their friends. It's very odd. I'm talking to Dinny Van Cleef. Dinny? Diny, Dinny. Dinny. Tell me, please. Dinny. Dinny mm-hmm. Van Cleef. And um, she's in England. She's uh, the driver behind the control group. 
did you, when you set up the control group, come under government attention? Um, I'd like to say that we've not really had too much attention, from, well, not really had any attention from them at all that I know of. Um, and I think because we were a grassroots organisation, um, not, I don't know, I guess not really bothering anyone too much. Um, the one thing that did happen, actually, PayPal shut us down. They closed our account, stopped our ability to take um, to take funding. So that, I, I, I presume that was instigated by government. Maybe it was, yeah, maybe I'm, I'm inflating, you know, importance. Maybe it was just they didn't like us. Um, but no, we've we've been okay so far. We did come under attack from the Canadian government um, because our cards were working rather too well there. Um, so they had to put out some uh, some information in, in their government travel information to say that the card, although we are a legitimate study, um, and the card is a membership card, it wasn't to be used as uh, an exemption. So that was interesting. Well, the mothership of Great Britain seems a lot healthier state than the commonwealth countries like canada australia and new zealand yes because we've had a terrible time in that respect i'll give you one example i didn't believe uh, you know my naivety shocks me i did not believe that the government would be tipping the scales for facebook twitter um google searches and YouTube, if you said certain words, it would be banned. That just seemed to me to be preposterous. And someone had had too much Kool-Aid and gone down too deep a conspiracy hole. Of course, we now know the extent to which they were doing that. But picture this. We have a wonderful woman here called Linda Wharton, who set up a New Zealand Health Forum. She set up a Facebook page that grew and grew and grew. And it was for the people that had... Um, vaccine injuries yeah she had fifty thousand members excuse me wonderful wonderful caring woman our government wrote to facebook and shut it down mm. yeah i mean um so i can't begin to get my head she wasn't pushing any conspiracy theories if you know what I mean. I mean, she was just being a forum yeah, for people who felt, let's say they were wrong, mm -hmm. right? That were sick and were attributing their sickness to the vaccine and were talking to each other and helping each other. There were doctors on there giving advice and the government shut it down and mm -hmm. Facebook went along with it. Again, this is just unfathomable, the, the, the enormity of this. Tell me, in the UK, you mentioned this, that people have come on board to the control group for vaccine injured. So they've had the vaccine, yeah. and they're now reporting to this group mm -hmm. their injuries. What's the status of someone who's vaccine injured in the UK? Um, do, you, do you mean how are they how are they seen? Yes, uh, how does the government attending to them? I I think it's pretty much like in all the other countries um, that they are pretty much ignored, told it's not an injury, and I believe from from what I've seen anecdotally, 
um, have to find alternative um, ways of getting around it, like long COVID. This is this is only sort of you know what I've seen people say, but yes, um, because with- nothing's nothing's being reported. Uh, no, absolutely, it is it is not in any way being being put out there as as a thing. You know, it's 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 COVID or it's something else or it's you're crazy. Um, yeah, it's it's not being acknowledged at all. Chilling, isn't it? What what do you think? Because I figure you're ahead of us in terms of the rollout of these things or the the trajectory. What do you think happens now? Um, in in respect of what, (laughs) which bit of this uh, myriad of uh, well things we've had the whole pandemic yeah and it's never been acknowledged or analyzed or accepted the vast majority of the population think there might have been some mistakes but in general the the direction was correct do we continue to see pandemics and lockdowns and more and more vaccines I personally, I I see another pandemic coming. Um, a lot of people, I think, yes. a lot of us are waiting for the next one because it's going to be bigger. Apparently, um, the vaccines. I I mean, we've got all the 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 World Health Organization wanting to push and mandate vaccines. I see that they're going to be trying to push vaccines. They're continuing to say how good they are, and and that there are all sorts of different narratives coming out that that. Are just pushing towards vaccination being necessary for, for not just COVID, but for all sorts of other things. And I think what we're going to be seeing is people revisiting things like the MMR and saying, well, if you haven't had this, then you're a danger to society. And I I, I don't see this, this going terribly positively. Um, there are lots of us fighting back, but I think there's a general apathy in those people fighting back because we're tired, we're exhausted, we just want to get on with living our lives but we're terrified because of our children and our children's children. So it's, I think, I think we're in for just a very confusing, difficult time and more things are going to be thrown at us. And this is why the control group and our radio station, and we've got a big group here called Voices for Freedom. Mm -hmm. This is why these groups are so important because when we got hit the first time, we were isolated. Yeah. We just felt alone. I felt desperately alone with my family. Yes. Uh, yeah. My family were all on board. Thank God. I don't know how I would have survived. I was on the edge, just bewildered, bewildered and befuddled, yeah. wandering around, standing on the yellow spot, waiting in the rain outside the supermarket for someone to leave so the next person could get into the supermarket with their mask on. And just that sense of living in a dystopian movie. Mm. Um, But it's very important that we keep these groups alive because this is a lull. Yeah, I I agree. And the World Health Organization and our governments seem to be strengthened in their purposes of international binding decision-making, rules for pandemics, 
the control of free speech, uh, all these things are so much further advanced than they were just four years ago. Yeah, it's accelerated massively. How do you manage your group, given that there are so many and there is one of you? Have you a large team? Um, we haven't got, it's not a large team, but yes, we have a team. Um, we have uh, IT guys um, running the, the system. We have support staff answering the emails. Um, we have an office. I'm, I'm in the office at the moment. And it's freezing because the heating's not on. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, yeah, we have um, online um, people mediating the many telegram groups. We've got about uh, 35 different telegram groups supporting people from around the world. So we have we have a lot of people. We have volunteer admins on those as well. Um, we have support chats. We we do all sorts of things, um, you know, to to look after our participants. A lot of participants are just there. They're not they're not needing us, not doing anything. During during the lockdowns, um, we did caring sharing zooms every week, and we had a lot of people coming to us. Um, people in tears, wanting support, hadn't been able to talk to anyone openly. Um, just needed, you know, to know that there are other people who had the same ideas as them, and that they, that they weren't crazy. Mm. um that's that's all slowed down a bit now but you know we can wrap that up again when it's necessary if it's necessary we had a general election um and we call it the freedom movement in new zealand i don't know if that's a, a, a an appropriate appellation but that's what we've done uh, from the protest and mm. it went into different directions and so oh i don't know there were probably half a dozen little parties that formed Mm -hmm. um around people uh i interviewed them all they were all very pleasant but they couldn't agree they couldn't mm -hmm. get together and in times it became a little bitter because it was one group against another group none of them none of them succeeded mm -hmm. new zealand first is an old-time party that had been out of parliament and actually probably got into parliament uh, as in large part a reaction to the covid pandemic because this was this was the one party that was very clear on wanting a proper inquiry and calling it basically what happened uh, questionable mm -hmm. so they hoovered up the votes and the smaller parties withered on a vine however it was divisive uh, mm -hmm. for the group uh, second of all, once you go down the conspiracy theorist route, mm -hmm. there's no bottom to it. Yeah. And so you find yourself questioning everything and mm -hmm. going a bit loopy. Yes. And you find this in your group. Yes. So it's quite hard to keep an organisation like yours and a radio station like ours grounded and not hysterical. Yeah, absolutely. Because at times I'm hysterical, you know. <laughs> How do you cope with that? Have you got advice for us on that? How do you, oh, that's, you know, if, if, if they would do that to us about a pandemic, I wonder what they would do about this. And, like, we're finding all the time getting gentle criticism because we're cautious. Yeah. I detect that you're cautious. Yes. Yeah. We have to be. I mean, we, we 
so we have lots of um for example we have lots of talks we have people coming and talking um you know doing webinars on all sorts of different health things and that was under the control group but we we very much with the control group we we're a, a middle of the road um we are unbiased we, we're trying to show what is happening we're supporting those people who haven't taken the vaccine but we're trying to show what is happening we have talks on all sorts of interesting things that maybe some people don't agree with we've actually had to split that off now because um you know government could say that that's that um that that's incorrect that's misinformation which could damage the control group so really we well me personally I'm I'm of, of two parts. I'm the control group, and that is very much about the data and factual and unbiased. We're taking people's information. We're going to churn out results from that. If it shows that you know there's a, a, a deadly vaccine, it will show it. If it shows that there's a deadly virus that's killing all us all of us unvaccinated people, it will show that too. Um, so we try to be very careful and moderate in everything we do with that. And then we've got another aspect. Well, this this I've split it off now. So it's not part of the control group now. That is me um, on something called Fear Free Speakeasy, where I'm chatting to people about alternative health solutions, all the things that people are trying to keep themselves well, to get over COVID, to um, get over vaccine injuries if they believe they've got that. Um, we've never gone down the route of other rabbit hole things. We've kept to health. Um that doesn't mean to say that the majority of us aren't looking at all those other things, but mm. you know, we 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 have to avoid things like you know, is the earth round or flat? Yes. Um, you know, uh, and you're uh, you're a sellout um, because you're uh, trying to tell me it's round. <laughs> I do you know what? That's a rabbit hole I won't go down. I like <laughs> the round earth and I'm sticking with it for the moment yeah. because so many other things that I believed in have gone. I'm just gonna stick to that one. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel as though you have become through this process and running these groups a different person? Um, I started from an interesting standpoint because I was quite a conspiracy theorist before this. I write alien science fiction. That was I was a science fiction writer and, and um, creative writing teacher. So I came from already being a bit of a a, a weirdo, home educating my kids, um, questioning vaccines. I mean, they have had vaccines I stopped and and because I I went deeper so I've I was already on that route you were primed um, I, I was I've what's changed in me is that I've become much more purposeful with everything that I'm doing so before it was stuff I was interested in I believed it I lived my life in such a way that I was I was quite outside the system anyway um now I'm very outside the system and I, I'm speaking for other people. I mean, that's the biggest thing. I, I was always someone who was just, you know, getting on with what I was doing. I had very strong principles. Now I'm, you know, standing up, speaking for other people's principles and looking to support other people um, by talking about all of these things. So I've, I've very much put myself in a position that actually I'm not at all comfortable with. You know, I, I never envisaged myself talking around the world to all sorts of different people about my views on the alternative world and, and what's going wrong with it. It's, but I feel I have to, um, because the, I put myself. Yes. Um, by the way, I don't know what's happened, uh, in the UK. I haven't seen this. Um, obviously there are a couple of rebel rousers that the legacy media go over, go, go after, but here in New Zealand, 
small country, very parochial. It's like a you know small city for you. Mm-hmm. The legacy media came after anyone like you. Yeah. Made them front page news. Labeled them conspiracy theorists and attempted to destroy their lives and livelihood. Yeah. And in the last local body elections and the general election, if someone had been a member of Voices for Freedom, which is like the control group, the legacy media would out them in the front page news and say, This person is a member of this group and they're trying to infiltrate your council. Funny enough, we think they got more votes as a consequence. <laughs> <laughs> but um, have you suffered that? No, thankfully. I mean, initially we did have a few um, big press people contacting me um, and they wanted to do interviews. And, and luckily I had some great people around me who said I think you maybe don't want to talk to them so what I did I I had telephone conversations with them pre-interview and and just explained exactly what the control group was and because the control group is simply studying the data without taking a view on it Mm. um trying to tell us that our cards were illegal and that we're creating fake things and 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 I said and explained that no it wasn't it was a membership card and if people choose to accept it that's down to them not to, to us they actually, none of these people actually ran any of the interviews because I think they they realised that we were so moderate that if they did, it would actually end up like like we yourselves. Yes. It would be an advert. So, yeah, so I haven't yet. Um, and it terrifies me because the, uh, my children are all adult and, and older teenagers. And, I mean, they, they completely are on board with all of this, but they're all getting on with their lives in realms where they can't speak out about. Yes. What's going on? And and they live in fear that someone's going to find out who their mum is. Yes. Isn't that, isn't that a shocking thought? That yeah. you have to feel like that even while supposedly enjoying free speech. Yeah. Um alternative health has yeah. exploded here in New Zealand. Yes, here too. Because I don't feel I have no trust in my GP. Yeah, zero. If I broke my leg, I'd go along there and he could fix it. Mm -hmm. If I'm bleeding profusely, he could bandage me. But for general health, this is a a guy who will run the government line cynically without question. So I have no faith in the whole – I see it now – as a whole charade, charade. I never saw that before. Yeah, I, I was, I I mean, I'm, I'm a doctor avoider and my children have rarely been to the doctors um, and we do, we try to do everything naturally. And so many more people are doing that. We're seeing the, the medical services as being a last port of call if mm. all else fails. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely got a much, much stronger here. So many people are looking to people like us and, and um, you've got the World Council for Health who are doing amazing things on educating people in, in alternatives and, and what's available and loads of other people as well. And we're all becoming experts in ourselves. And I think what this has done in a good way, all of this, is it's made a lot of people stop and say, I've got to take responsibility for my mm. own health not about going and getting a quick fix. It's about keeping myself well rather than getting well from something later down the line. And I think that's actually been quite a good thing. If anything, if we can find anything good from all of this, it's it's people take starting to take full responsibility for their own health and that of their children. So yeah, it's if we can find a positive somewhere. Well, it's a great message. And um, we never want to be like we were when this first hit, bewildered and befuddled and alone and desperate about uh, what's going to happen next. My big fear through the process became here in New Zealand, I live in a little town that should be peaceful, beyond beyond madness. And my fear became that the vaccination van would pull up at the school and the kids would be just marched into it because my kids took a tough time because um, I spoke out, and so this community knew that my children weren't vaccinated, and they would be excluded by their friends. They couldn't have playdates. They couldn't go visiting their friends. My fear was that they would literally start coming door to door to vaccinate our kids, and I felt um, ill-prepared for such a situation. I can promise you I'm not now because I've talked to so many people, people like you, I feel fortified. I'm going to join the control group. We want to have the uh, control group page read out again so you can get New Zealanders representative. How do we join the control group? It's www.controlgroup.coop, C-O-O-P. Dot com or just dot? No, no, dot coop. Dot coop. Oh, I see. How clever. Um, we're talking to Denny Van Cleef. Say your name, please. Deanie. Deanie. Deanie Van Cleef. Deanie Van Cleef. Listeners are well used to me mangling names. It's a um, hereditary disease. I have something I'm verbally dyspraxic. So I, I'm not at all trying to be rude. Um, we wish you all the very best. We hope that you get the power, the the heat on in your office. Uh, <laughs> thank you for coming in to us. Uh, you're you. on Reality Check Radio. We've been talking to the control group. Become a member. You're on Reality Check Radio, Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Send us a text at 2057. Email us at inbox at And I'm going to look forward to getting those monthly reports. Thanks for tuning in to RCR, Reality Check Radio. Do you like what you're listening to or dislike what you're listening to? Either way, we want to hear from you. Get in touch with us now. You can text us with your message to 2057. That's 2057. Or email us at inbox at realitycheck.radio. We'd love to hear from you. So connect with us today.